0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Ekev Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Pasha's Ekev. The topic of our Aliyah is the Eagle and the Escape. Our Aliyah is 26 pesukim long and runs from Perek Tes pesuk Dalatu Chav. The, main, uh, the, the summary of the Aliyah, and then we'll take a look at some points to ponder, is Moshe tells them not to say in your hearts that because it was in your merit that, you got, that, that, that Hashem conquered the nation. So already we see this as a step forward from the last Aliyah. The last Aliyah was where people thought that, that it was their strength which brought them into the land. And now they're recognizing it's Hashem's strength, but they're saying we deserved Hashem to do this. To for us. So he says, it's not because of you. I, I, Hashem performed these miracles despite you, because you are a stiff-necked nation. I'm Keshe Oiref. You need to remember that it's because uh, that you angered Hashem all the way through the desert from the time Hashem took you out of Egypt until this day. Even at Chorev, at, that's the name for Sana, you angered Hashem almost to the point of destruction. Moshe describes how he went, he went up to the, the mountain to receive the Luchos, the tablets, and he remained there for 40 years and 40 nights, and, he, and Hashem gave him the Luchos which were written by the, the hand of Hashem, the finger of Hashem, and, and wrote down all the teachings that happened on the day of my tantara. And at the end of 40 days, Hashem told, told me to go down the mountain because the people had sinned. And Hashem, Hashem tells Moshe they're an amikashe'oroth, they're a stiff-necked nation. He will destroy them, wipe them out to make the nation, Moshe into a great nation. Moshe at this point descends and sees the nation of Israel sitting with a golden calf. He grabs the tablets and he broke, broke them in front of the people and he prostrated himself in front of Hashem. 40 days and 40 nights without food or water. And at this point, Moshe was really scared. He prayed for, 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 for Hashem to release the nation. Hashem actually did listen. Hashem wanted to destroy Aaron as well, Moshe prayed on his behalf. Then Moshe Rabbeinu took the eagle, ground it into ashes, put it into the river, and fed it to the people. And Moshe describes other points in time when the nation of Israel were to sin as well at Tavera, at Masat, Kirasatara. He describes how he made the people uh, made the people made Hashem unhappy, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu prays for them forty days and forty nights to avert destruction. He pleaded with Hashem because otherwise the nations would say, "Look, Hashem doesn't have the strength to bring them into the land of Israel," and that's that's why Hashem should save them. They are your people, they are your inheritance, Hakadosh like Baruch Hu, save them, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. What is interesting is a few basic points to ponder this Aliyah is what does it mean this Amin Kajer of the stiff-necked nation which is mentioned twice in our Aliyah. Um, so it seems on the one hand to be a negative description but if you go to Pasha's Kisis so Moshe Rabbeinu actually rec- reckon- reckons with this and uses this as one of the reasons why Moshe why Hashem should not destroy the nation almost as if it's a defense plea. So is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? How does this work exactly? So Rav Hirsch says actually you know sometimes when it comes to uh, you know great people with great successes, a lot of times they choose the the all stars. They they go and they choose you know the best of the best and the most promising student, and of course. When that student you know succeeds beyond imagination, then then, you know, it, it's it's because it was the best student they picked. Hashem did not pick the best student in the class. Hashem picked the tough one. He chose the tough nation to show that this nation would sin again and again in negation. And again, and again Hakarj Baruch will take this nation and turn them around. In the words of Rosh Shem Rafael Hirsch, he pointed out over here, he says he says the following. Just as it was their political weakness and abandoned helplessness, which made Israel the most suitable nation for the revelation of God's power to govern human history. So it was the na- the natural, innate obstinacy of the race which made it the most suitable for the revelation of His divinity of His Torah, by means of which God showed His mightiness of His power of education. Just because it is a stiff-necked people, should God wander in their midst to show them, or to show on them? on this hardest nation the wonderful educational power is torah and his sway and forgive them again and again and go on forgiving them every pardon presupposes a step towards the betterment until the miracle of the education of israel shall have become accomplished so this is a really beautiful perspective on understanding them so hashem chose them specifically because they are stubborn, and that turnaround is going to be what is the Torah is able to do, to to achieve. Reminds me of the story a friend of mine told me that they were in Israel, and they were on a bus, and uh, the bus is going down a very steep hill. There's a hairpin turn at the very bottom of the of, of the street, and there was a car parked in a way that you could not drive the bus round. So you start the, the the driver starts honking on the horn, and um, as uh, at this point in time, a woman runs out of the market to the little store on the corner there, where clearly it's her car is parked, and she, she turns to the bus driver and she, she says Ha-ke-re-ga. she says, wait a moment, and she goes back in to finish her purchases and then comes out and drives her car. And the, the bus driver mutters under his breath, oh, I'm Keshe what a stubborn people. Yeah, the Jews of Jews have their have their moments, but the Kozkareb explains there's no such thing as a negative attribute. Everything has a flip side, a positive a- a aspect to it. So what what's the positive aspect over here? So it's interesting that the midrash actually describes uh, the midrash Rabbi in Shmos Perak, or Beis, describes that that is the reason why the nation of Israel survived through all of these exiles because is there the fact that they are so stubborn that is why they they will not relinquish their belief system despite the greatest of adversaries and difficulties through their exile and so therefore it's specifically that when Hashem ha- has this nation to convince they're never going to let go despite the pain of death and much much suffering throughout all of history now the question, why was Aaron in trouble, as Moshe Rabbeinu talks about in this Aliyah? Rashi explains, because he listened to the people. He allowed them He, he allowed them a little bit of uh, belief. He, he gave them slack. He, he, he started making, he said, let's make a chag la Hashem Machar. So he's being punished because of this. What was the punishment? So Rashi co- concludes, Kilu his children would die, which means, as the Maharal explains in his commentary on Rashi, the Guru Aryeh that means to say that Nadav and Avihu would die, which raises a theological question, is why should they die because of their father's sin? So the Maharal goes on to explain that they were up, 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 holding their father's sin as well, which means to say to some degree, Nadav and Avihu were, in, were, were involved in the same type of sin as Aaron, which maybe one could say is Ex- excess of creativity on behalf of God. Trying to do something which Hashem did not want in the name of Hashem. Which Aaron was trying to push the people off, but at the same time he was doing something which indicated almost the acceptance of Avodah Zarah. So these are, these are very, very complicated issues and much requires much more thought. But this is a very terrifying thing that's being said here. Two more questions. W- w- was Moshe allowed to break the tablets, the Luchos? How did he have the right? Hashem didn't intend to do that. Do you have the right to destroy Hashem's most holy edifice in the world at this point in time? So in Pasha's KiSis actually points out that there's something called contingent holiness and inherent holiness. Contingent holiness means to say that it's not really actually the actually the item itself is not really holy. So he says the Luchos, believe it or not, were not inherently holy. They were only holy depending on the relationship that the people had with them. And when that relationship was emptied, that means to say that the people were clearly not drinking the kule. they weren't Believing in what it was was said on these luchas because they were dancing around the Egel, then the holiness actually uh, disapparated. It, it left the luchas, leaving them behind, says the Meshechachma Rameshim Radvinsk as really just nivle cheris. It was simply s- empty stones with no content, and they fell from his hands because they were just empty marble and therefore they fell to the ground and smashed. They're a very good lesson to think about in terms of you know, what's really holy, are our shuls really holy or is it contingent upon our actions in those shuls and how much holiness is left if we don't treat them that way as well. That's a question which really should beg us to think a lot more. And finally, the last thing is what does it mean that Moshevonne keeps emphasizing that he goes up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The rabbi points out there's, two, there's actually three different 40 days and 40 nights. There's a forty days and forty nights of getting the Luchos, and the second one is averting destruction, and the third one is receiving the yud gem the thirteen attributes of Rahamim. with the Rashbam it says the repetition is to actually w- be a warning to the nation of Israel. You see, you think that when you get into the land of Israel, your leaders are going to pray for you to avert any sin, avert destruction for any sin. Well, that's not going to work because look at the excuse. Look at the explanation that Moshe Rabbeinu gave by Kodesh Baruch Hu. It wasn't that they should get all scot-free because Hashem should be nice. It was because what would the nations of the world say if the, if if, the, if the, Hashem did not bring them into the land of Israel? Well, what happens when they're in the land of Israel? That excuse, that rationale, no longer exists. So says the Rashebam, Moshe Rabbeinu is warning them. This protection agency and this insurance plan is not going to be extending to the land of Israel. So you're going to have to work yourselves out before you get in. And that's what the warning is. That's why this is a futuristic point rather than simply a historical pattern. With this, we conclude the Aliyah and move on to Ravii tomorrow. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.